The Cleveland Guardians made a minor trade, but they gave up a player that we both like. We're going to talk about said player. We're going to get into some minor league all-stars. And what player was this close to a few million dollars more money? You'll find that out on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. My name is Jeff Ellis. I want to thank you for making Locked On Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. Before I was hosting this show, uh, I was a writer. Currently, I am a podcaster and cat wrangler. And if you see me making weird things, this cat is uh, trying to take over the show today. Uh, but Scout 24-7 and many a Cleveland sports blog. I got to deal with this cat. Justin, you tell him all about you. <laughs> I don't have any cats trying to get on the show. It's just me. I don't know if anybody wants me on the show any more than uh, the cat. So um, Guardians Baseball Insider, Managing Editor, News Herald, Morning Journal, Freelance, previously a bunch of Cleveland baseball blogs, uh, Burning River Baseball, Fan Sided, It's Pronounced Lajaway, all some, some nice people, some wonderful people that gave me chances to write for whatever reason. I'm so sorry for all of you who had to read all that. <laughs> so, yeah, you see, this is just going to be, maybe we'll go viral because this cat is being a real jerk face. But, Someone's going to uh, wind up with a thumb injury themselves over there. Yeah, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to have to go down to Dayton, where my wife's family's from, so at least I could stay with, I, I, don't know, I mean, is that an at least I can stay with my in-laws? Maybe I should watch my phrasing. But uh, <laughs> Kettering Health Center is actually where my wife is from, the Kettering area. That's where she went to school. And uh, they must have some great thumb specialists to not go to the Cleveland Clinic or uh, an area yeah. up here. So they went very specifically to this location, and... You know, he they repaired the ulnar collateral ligament suffered in June. Uh, everything went as expected. He slated to resume baseball activity in six to eight weeks. That is that's what we want to see. Maybe it's not the biggest of news, but it is news. And it is again, it is nice that we know why he turned human. <laughs> why? Yeah. Why Jose Ramirez was was human here. Here's actually the question about it is. Is this going to cost him the ability to play in the world baseball classic because if it does that's you no know, it stinks for him he wants to play for the dominican republic i get that and um not saying he shouldn't i'm just saying you know there's a mixed track record of what happens to guys that play out there there's you know, there's never any guarantees and and so it's more more so pitching i suppose that quick ramp up but um be curious to see what happens if he ends up playing in that or not after this thumb surgery so just something to keep an eye on was it Vinny Pisano? I was trying to think like what guy from Cleveland that was a really, I feel like it was a reliever that they like specifically blamed the world baseball classic. Well, on ruining. Was it Pisano? Him and, him and Miller both pitched in it. Yeah. Yeah. Pisano definitely. And then, yeah, Miller, I think Miller was, was that 2017? Was yeah. After the world series. So it was after the, world and he series. was, he was still fine in 2017. It's just towards the end of 2017. I think is when he started getting those little injuries that all started to pile up on him, but. Did Cody Allen pitch in that one as well? I don't believe he did. Okay. No, I think he he opted not to. Yeah, it's it's certainly something to watch. It's definitely going to be interesting to see, you know, if he's healthy enough to play. Uh, is he maybe just a DH instead? Like, what do they do? That's the if he really wants to do it, how 
how can they make it work? Um, but yeah, I mean, six to eight weeks from now, we're talking, you should be ready to go after Christmas. So not missing. That should give him enough time. Yeah. So he might uh, still play. Oh, no, agreed. Uh, I was just trying to think based on our timeline. Uh, let's dive into, let's talk ARB real quick. I think that's kind of a good sized thing. So I thought it was interesting and I kind of pushed to bring this up. Because they announced Super 2. If you missed it, the lowest player in terms of Super 2 was Dalton Varsho. He was the player who got Super 2 status, who was the closest to not getting it. The player with the highest Super 2 status, Therio Estrada, and uh, good old 99. 99 was three days short of his third year. Of you know he, he missed out on being year three by three days. So he was very close, getting sent down. And all the struggles in uh, 2020 held him back maybe to Cleveland's benefit overall because, you know, they didn't go anywhere that year. And I'm sorry, in 2021. Uh, and instead, hey, they got him for 22 and beyond. So that might be to Cleveland's benefit that they have that extra control. Uh, I, you know, it's always interesting. It's so hard to guess where that line's going to be. But, uh, you know, they're setting themselves up. I mean, Stephen Kwan, having started the whole year, will be a super two guy when the time comes, but I don't think any, but at the end of the day, any regrets? I don't think so. No, I mean, it's not like yeah. wasn't, I mean, even if he, well, I guess one of the weird rookie of the year stipulations was like the service time thing or something. Wasn't yeah. it? You had to be up like from the start or have had an injury that prevented you from being up. Uh, so that was kind of the rule on it, but yeah, I mean, he, he didn't qualify because of the listings. Right. But wasn't there something else that was like you you got an extra year or something of service? Uh, so if you, so oh that part, sorry, my bad. Um, so like it let's say that Julio Rodriguez had the season he had, but was called up uh after the super two like called up in June and had that in a condensed year. Uh, and while the team that tried to like when Chris Bryant won it, for instance, and he got the late call up and then had that great year. Uh, and then he went to court and lost his case and didn't get that extra year. Now he'd get that full year. So now no one, if they play that game of like, we're going to delay you to hopefully get an extra year of service time. Uh, if you finish top three in rookie of the year, guess what? It counts as a full season for you going forward. Right. So you, if you play service time games, you might lose the service time anyway, if that guy ends yeah. up rookie of the year, especially only if he is on the right list. But if you have him up from day one, you could get a draft pick. So I guess that, I don't know. It's, the list part of it was still weird, but that part yeah. of it, I guess, makes sense. But I, I hate that part of it. Like, it, I know it's really hard to figure out, like, how you're going to get. But how about this? How about just say top three winners, the rookie of the year, give draft picks. Like, right. why don't we just say that? Why can we not just why say that? Why has got to be a list? Uh, a list basically based off of five humans point of view. I mean, Baseball America is more than five people, but. Uh, you know, it, it's Kylie and then it's Mayo and Callis. And, those, you know, those are giants of the industry. They are great and fantastic what they do. It's an impossible job to do, but they're great at it. And I'm not, you know, saying this as anything other than I have mad respect for all of them. But why do, you know, Baseball America plus three humans just be the basis for draft pick? Right. First round draft pick at that. Right. It's a big deal. Yeah. So, yeah. So he missed, Karen Jack misses just three years, but, uh, well, last year was Super 2 for Quantrill and Naylor, so they're in their mm -hmm. second year, or they're in their third year of arbitration, and 
Bieber gets up to 10.7. It looks like that's going to be interesting. That's what is that? What was Milwaukee at uh, with? Uh, I know I keep wondering the Brewers up. I keep trying this thing, but uh, Woodruff is at 11 and um, Corbin Burns is at 11. So they're slightly above him. Yeah. Health. Interesting. I think it's just that yeah. health because he had the, the half year. Uh, the other interesting ones for Cleveland is Savale as a first year and Plesak is a second year. Uh, but I, you know, I, it looks like he's not, he's projecting to be close to what he had last year. So their whole compromise about that send down was essentially he gets $2 million last year and then everything else stays the same is kind of what it looks like. But yeah, that's, that's kind of, you know, the, the quick and dirty part of that. Why don't we um, go ahead and jump in and take break number one here. We're going to come back and talk about a minor deal, but a, a deal that involved a player I've talked about multiple times on this show and a player I know Justin has liked over the years, uh, as well as you know, who are the best players in the minor leagues for the Cleveland Guardians as by voted on by, I believe, the managers of said teams. Justin will correct me in a moment if I have that information wrong. So make sure to tune in on today's episode of Locked on Guardians. But first, a word from one of our fantastic sponsors. And this is one of our newest sponsors. And listen, I love a new sponsor. I love that people believe in this show enough to support it. And Simply Safe is one of those companies. Let's do the holiday one again. I had a student today come to school in full holiday regalia. So let's to do that intro, did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe for ha- system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. And I've talked about many times what stands out to me about Simply Safe in particular. I trust US News and World Report, and they've called it the best security system of 2022. 2021, 2020, three years running. That, that says enough. If you want a home security system, go get Simply Safe. In an emergency, 24 7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get a priority police response. That way, it's not a situation like when my backyard camera goes off because of the five raccoons playing in the backyard. Uh, they're going to make sure with Simply Safe it's not some raccoons having a party, it is an intruder before anyone gets there. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplisafe.com slash locked on MLB. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplisafe.com backslash locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. So let's start. Uh we you know we're media brag moment uh so we got a quick update from bart swain about the thumb surgery and then that minor league infielder jose Fermin was traded to the st louis cardinals in exchange for cash he spent seven years in cleveland's organization appearing in 90 games this year if you listen to this show you have heard me from time to time talk about why i really like jose Fermin. he's been buried but he's always performed pretty well and i talked about closer to the deadline if i was a team making a trade with cleveland uh, if Cleveland was going to buy a player from us, if they're going to go out and make, I would have asked for Jose Fermin as a fourth piece. He has just consistently been productive. Now, in the upper minors, he's been closer to average, but he's just been a solid state producer. I think he's a utility guy. I do think he has a future. He does. 
you know, he runs decently well. He plays well defensively. Uh, he's only 23 years of age in spite of those seven years in system. He's going to be 24 in March, end of March at that. So he's a young player immediately added to the 40 man. Uh, and you're saying, well, why did they only get cash? Well, he would have been a free agent. And from, uh, you know, I, I think I can shout out fever dog, Andrew Kinsman. He had told, he mentioned in that, that he was filing paperwork to become a free agent. So Cleveland got something, which is an accomplishment to get anything. So before you get all Dolan's are cheap or something like this, they got something in a situation where they likely could have gotten nothing. Well, you know, I've talked about Jose. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I like Jose. I mean, yeah, same situation where he wasn't going to be added to the 40 man roster in Cleveland. He was going to be a minor league free agent. He, for as much as we liked him and, even both of us, neither one of us was going to say they should add to the 40 man roster. So um, like you said, getting something for nothing is it's whatever really to me, it's more about him getting an opportunity. I, you know, whatever Cleveland gets is super negligible for um, the cash consideration front, like what 50 K I don't know, whatever, probably even less than that. What is it? What does it cost in my, in rule five? Oh, they, Oh, the rule five is up to, that's one of the changes this year. Uh, it's now 100K in the Rule 5. That is a change for this year. It's 100K instead of 50. They've doubled it. Uh, you get 50 back. And so it's still half back if a player is returned. So I'd be willing to bet Cleveland probably got 50, maybe a little bit less, 40. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, really it's more about the opportunity for Jose for me. Like we said, he's not going to be added here. You know, love like the approach at the plate, like the contact skills, no power. Um, at one time I had some hope that he was going to grow into some power that he had kind of worked on things. And um, he was going to have that Jose Ramirez, Francisco Lindor, you know, power spike, not, not as drastic, but like, you know, you get like 10 home runs or 15 home runs. That never happened. Um, although, you know, Jose Ramirez didn't hit 10 or 15 home runs, the minors either, but that's beside the point, but he plays a good second base. He is passable at shortstop and he's, okay at third he can handle for those three positions and he runs well he's a great teammate high makeup guy uh he's bilingual i said that i think he has a future as a coach if he wants to because he's just uh, teammates love him uh tyler freeman especially they were roommates for a lot of years in the minors they were great friends so sad to see that go i will say when when free was in lake county he i can't remember who he translated for but he translated some interviews for us from players so always appreciate when a player is willing to help us out by translating for a teammate we want to talk to. And um, instead of interviewing for me and himself, which we did at times, he was good. Uh, but, a, you know, a stand-up guy, he'll, he'll do well in Minnesota, but he'll do well in St. Louis. I think that's a, a good opportunity for him to be on someone's 40 man roster, be a backup infielder and does a lot of little things. Well, he'll be a good teammate there. Yeah. Everything you stated is why like he's, the ideal backup, right? Like he can run a little, he can handle multiple positions. The biling being bilingual is, is such a plus nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, and like you said, great teammate. Like he's a, he's for St. Louis, they get their guy and they don't have to risk someone else jumping in and maybe signing him. Right. Like they're, they also can get him, they get him in, they get him locked up and they get to add him. And there's no risk of, of someone jumping the line and they liked him enough to do that. Like this is not something where it's just like, well, let's get it done. Uh, they wanted him. And I agree with you. The best part is this is a kid who I never got a bad report on. I never heard a bad thing on. He worked his tail off. He 
who was never the most talented guy. He was never a, a big prospect. And now he's on a 40 man and that changes his earnings from here on out. So that's a wonderful thing for him. And I wouldn't discount him. I, I still don't think he's ever going to be a starter, but I think he could play for a few years. Like Mark Matthias is still bouncing around this league as a utility infielder. Uh, there's some parallels there uh, between them in terms of just profile and makeup stuff. Uh you know, there's there's definitely some room for that. And Matthias, I can't remember where he is now, but he's not with Milwaukee. So when he left there, he got another opportunity. So I think for me and gets a chance. I know the Cardinals, I was talking to some Cardinals people who are like, we have a lot of infielders. I know they have a big need at like as a definitive shortstop. This could also for the Cardinals, just side note, get a little off track. It, it gives them some more depth if they decide to go all in on a pitcher. If they, I can't see them getting someone from the Brewers. And again, I don't think Shane Bieber's on the market. But if any other pitcher comes out, all of a sudden they can use some of that other like higher valued infield depth, knowing they have a solid backup option that they didn't have there before. Yeah, I mean it, it's a good it's a good bench option for them to have someone who can go up and down. He's going to have three option years. Um, you know, this is his first time on a forty man roster, so they have the ability to to cycle him up and down if they need to as well, based on you know, what they said during the off season, but it's, you know, Hey, it's a good spot for him to be. in. I think it's the, who was it they had earlier in the season? I think they traded, was it Ed Edmundo Sosa, Edmund no, Sosa to Philly to Philly that, I mean, that's kind of what for role is going to be, you know, Sosa was a defensive replacement at the end of games for Philadelphia third base. I think he was mostly a defensive replacement for St. Louis while he was there. So I don't know for kind of takes, could take over that role, I think. And that's a, you know, Every team's got one of those guys, and it's just, you know, he never ended up overtaking guys like Ernie Clement, or I'm trying to think who else. I mean, he wasn't going to overtake Owen Miller because that's a different profile because you were hoping for more bat from Owen Miller. But uh, he was almost like a, I don't know, is it it okay to say like a poor man's Ty Freeman? Because, you know, they were roommates. There's, you know, some of that. Like, I mean, he kind of compares and, in some ways with the contact rate and the contact skills, but not the power, the best position probably being second base, but kind of in a pinch. Yeah. I would say, yeah, obviously Tyler Freeman's got a better bat. I think that's yeah. pretty, pretty obvious, but the, the funny thing about that is you bring that up when Freeman was in Lake County back when it was low way before the pandemic, um, when they were teammates, you know, he, he did not walk a lot, and he still doesn't walk a lot, but he didn't walk really a lot at all in, in, in short season ball the year before. And I asked him about his approach and, like, hey, how do you how do you balance, like, being the kind of hitter you are and not changing who you are, what makes you good, but also, you know, trying to learn to be more patient at the plate. Maybe I asked him that in Akron. I can't remember when I asked him now. But he, he credited Jose Fermin. He, talked, he said he talked to Fermin, and Fermin said, you know, just it's learning about which pitch you can drive and understanding – you know, even if it's a strike, it doesn't mean it's going to be a good one to put in play. And, you know, just because I can put the bat on the ball doesn't mean it's going to be a good bat, a ball in play. And that's always hard to learn. And I don't obviously hasn't perfected it, but a lot of guys in Cleveland haven't perfected it. You know, it's one of the things we hounded on this year. But um, he credited Jose Fermin for that conversation. So just, you know, like I said, I think he has a future as a coach. Next junior Batances, right? It's it, the best hitting coaches are not always the best hitters because sometimes you know, Eddie was Eddie Murray was was pretty awful because it's like it was so natural. Guys like for me, you know, I'm not, who knows what the future holds, but there is some things there that make you think like, oh, maybe a hitting coach for a team down. And I'll tell you what, uh, 
bilingality is going to become a necessity for coaching in the near future if it isn't already. I think we saw that with the managerial positions. So you can add that being another feature that really helps accentuate his profile. You're sad to see him go, but you're happy for him. And we wanted to give him some time because we both liked him. And I think you said like at one time at IBI, he did crack the top 20, right? Yeah, in so, 2020, you know, we had him at 17 trying to it, it was it was the wrong projection, obviously. And you know, we get plenty of them wrong. We don't this is why we write and we don't work for teams because we get a lot of this <laughs> wrong. Um, but it was uh yeah, we had him at 17 buying into any chance that he would add power. I will say on the coaching front before we head into our break, um, I remember in, in Lake County too, he also used one of those what is it, blast metrics or one of those mm. that's one of those rig, rings that goes under the barrel, under the knob of the bat, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Um, and basically it me- measures your hitting data. It, it tracks your swing plane and your attack angle and exit velocity and all that stuff. I remember it was on one of his bats, so I had the feeling that he was also one of those guys that was interested in data as well. So, you know, that also speaks to maybe where coaching is going too. And he's a good communicator, obviously. Yeah, I mean, everything's there. And again tip the cap, say thank you for your time here. You made the organization better just by helping your fellow players and always being a constant teammate. And I'm hoping he makes it to the big leagues. Like this year, I would love to see him play for the Cardinals. Uh, Honestly, with everything he's done, I'd love this to be a bad trade in the future because he's a good dude. So if you're going to have a bad trade occur, let's make it for the guy. We're like, well, there's no place for him and he's a good dude. So I'm I'm wishing that he, he is the rare failure for this team. Uh, yeah, because, and it's not like yeah, it's not like if he if the, if he goes on to be a better player that we think in St. Louis, it's going to harm Cleveland. Yes, they wouldn't have gotten much back for him, but at the time, nobody was going to give them more. Um, and and he wasn't going to play anyway. It's one of those things where what are you, you going to do? Take a guy that you weren't sure about and play him over your all star second baseman or Ahmed Rosario or Jose Ramirez? No, you weren't. So you know, it was. It's not hurting Cleveland other than the fact that they, you know, just didn't. Uh, have him when he got good, I guess. Yeah. Nope. And that's why it's the perfect thing, right? Like good dude. And there's no way to predict it. It would just be pure luck, but I think he'll make it as a utility guy. That's that is my final thought. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk about these, uh, you know, all league triple a and double a squads on today's locked on guardians. And we are back. Not in black. But, but well, you're in black, so I guess I'm can, in gray. I'm in gray, gray. isn't? Yeah, got got okay, uh, you know, some black, black in my my hat. I I'm, I am not colorblind, but uh, my wife often tells me that I see things incorrectly. So who knows? Um, getting back on track. Double A, triple A, all star. Which one do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with triple A because I think that was a little bit less surprising, truthfully. Yes. Um, so major league or minor league baseball revealed the end of season awards and all-star teams, uh, across their minor leagues. And, you know, in double a or double a in triple a Cleveland had two players get the award and we'll give you five seconds before we announce them. So you can right now shout at your radio phone, whatever you're listening on, who these winners are. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. So I assume everyone got Bo Naylor because catchers, right? Like there's, there's not mm-hmm. a lot of good ones. Uh, again, it is for me, 
crazy how much Naylor and Lavastida flipped from 21 to 22 between those two players, but a well-deserved award. What are your thoughts on Naylor? I think it's impressive considering he started the year at double A again, that he made the triple A with enough playing time and didn't, you know, have enough of a play, a bump in terms of getting acclimated. You know, he gets a triple A after having a bumpy 2021 has a good start in 20 in double A in 2022 and finally gets promoted to triple A. And instead of, you know, maybe taking some time to figure it out, he makes the all-star team. That's uh, pretty impressive. We make that jump. Cause I think that I know some people used to say, you know, triple A and, you know, guys can skip double A and go right to the major leagues. It's not much of a jump. I think because of the elimination of one level in the minors and the COVID year, especially, but I think there's more of a gap between triple A and the majors now than there used to be, which means I think there's more of a gap between double A and triple A too. So I think there's a big difference. And so there's a lot that he was able to jump right in and, and uh, be successful, especially after last season. No, agreed. Um, and then the other player, Will Benson. Uh, I thought it was a little bit interesting. I kind of expected to see Alex Call on this list as well. I don't know if it's because he's no longer um, with Cleveland's organization because they had very similar seasons. But Will Benson had you know one of the best seasons in minor league baseball, full stop. Uh, what are your thoughts on Benson as he moves forward? The former first-round pick, part of that absolutely ridiculous uh, now I'm going to get it wrong. 2016 draft class, right? Uh, yep. Top to bottom. Because now it is top to bottom when you look at Jones and Benson, both making the big leagues this year. So, Will Benson, your thoughts? 20, I'm sorry, 17% cut in his strikeout rate this year. <laughs> uh, 5% raising in his walk with his walk rate. Continues to do what he what he's done. Every, every time he gets promoted to a level, he struggles. And then he comes back the next year and he's good. So uh, I guess, you know, we're not going to count the complex league Lake County. He was really good in 2017. I'm sorry. He was really good in 2017 at uh, Mahoning Valley. Uh, 2018 was not so good at, at Lake County. Comes back 2019. Great. Gets a double uh, A in 2021 after the missed season of uh, COVID. Not so, you know, I'm sorry. Oh, he did do good his first year in Akron in 2021. That's I'm sorry. He, uh, yeah, he was very, I mean, he, okay. He wasn't great. I guess he had two twenty two twenty one, but he had 14 homers, but he comes back the next year and gets promoted to triple a, you know, after that he struggles, comes back this year, keeps with the trend. So the guy just continues to figure it out. And, and this was his best season as a pro, which is very impressive because it's a triple a, it's the highest level of the minors. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. It is, you know, if you're curious, the rest of that outfield was, uh, Alec Burleson and Josh Lowe. One more Cleveland tie in in this, uh, Mark Payton, the DH, uh, former yeah. Cleveland draft pick. I believe his junior year at Texas, he was selected, went back for his senior year. So never played with Cleveland, but, uh, former Cleveland draft pick on that list. Uh, if you're a curious player of the year, Jonathan Aranda with Tampa and pitcher of the year. Greg Weissart, Wessiart. I'm surprised the, Yan- Weister, the Yankees haven't tried yet. He's already 27 years of age, and they've had their bullpen issues, and he's been dominant there the last two years. Uh, let's. I guess it's time to talk double A, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Do you want to lead us off? Why don't you pick where we go? I have a feeling I know, but we'll see. 
Well, we can start with the obvious one, Tanner Bybee. That yeah. was, I mean, I guess not so obvious considering he made 13 starts there and he made 12 in Lake County. So another guy that jumped a level midseason and and just continued to gain steam. And I don't know, I think everyone's probably sick of us, sick of me talking about Tanner Bybee, maybe not the Bybee family or whoever, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't really know what else we can say about Tanner Bybee other than what an incredible year and, and to go from a guy who, didn't really appear in anybody's prospect list anywhere for Cleveland, especially uh, us over at GBI, um, to being a guy who was very clearly the, the organization's third best pitching prospect and, and possibly an argument for more. And the guy who will be big league ready probably sometime next season. I just I, I just keep repeating myself. I don't know what else to say about the guy. What an incredible story. I mean, I let me put it this way. I, if you came at me tomorrow and said, I'm going to put Tanner by B1 in the system, I wouldn't argue it. I'd be like, okay, I can see that. Like, the more and more uh, I review tape, the more and more I watch things, I feel like those three pitchers at the top are the three pitchers at the top and are the three players at the top. And yeah, Espino has, you know, the ceiling. Man, Bybee. Boy, did he take to coaching, have a year, shoot up through the system in a way. I mean, I guess Logan Allen was somewhat similar in how quickly he moved, but I don't even think he was this quick. So, yeah. And listen, we all love Gavin Williams, but it's interesting from the point of view that they went Bybee over Williams. Right? Mm-hmm. I think I think Bybee had the better year at Akron. I think if you look yeah. at the stats in Lake County, Williams was a little more dominant. But Bybee was more consistent at both levels, so I think that's that's not, I'm not surprised that they, that's the way they went with it. To be honest with you, and here's a little teaser: we haven't really talked about it, but uh, I'm sorry. Um, there's two more guys to talk about, but uh, a little teaser: I think we might have a chance to have Tanner on the podcast sometime this winter. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. That's something we're, we're exploring. Yes. I, I mean, why wouldn't he want to come on? All we do is talk about how great he is. Like, <laughs> right. In the perfect environment. Um, so let's go with the surprise or potentially the surprise, at least from my point of view. Uh, Joey Cantillo didn't pitch after June. He didn't pitch one game in July or later. He was at the time he went down or with injury or was resting or whatever it was. He had the lowest hard hit percentage of any player in double or triple A. He was missing a ton of bats. He really seemed like he had taken a step forward. Uh, if he had been healthy all year, we might be talking about the greatest thing that didn't happen to Cleveland last offseason was not a you know the the trade. It was that there was no rule five, so they kept Gonzalez and kept Cantillo in place. He, even he even better. Team. Yeah, I'm sorry. Top he pitched. He pitched July 30th. That was his last start. He pitched all of June. So this is a guy that pretty much pitched April, May, June, and then may come was on the IL from the end of June to the end of July, comes back, went, makes one start at the end of July, and then with 60 and, and two-thirds innings, winds up uh, being voted on by the managers in A that he was the best left-handed pitch. Now, granted, I don't know what he was up against. I'm not going to sit here and say I – I know all the left-handed pitchers in double A this season. So, uh, but for, for the managers in double A to vote on a guy that only threw 60 and two thirds innings, I guess says a lot about how good those innings were. And yeah, people were saying that 
Oscar Gonzalez being the best thing reason that uh, best thing that came out of no roll five draft last year. Like you said, if, if Joey Cantillo pitches a hundred innings, um, might be talking about him being the best thing. And it's no, it's not a slam dunk that it's going to be added. I, I want to say that. I think I said that the other day. I just, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent confident they're going to add him because it's going to require a second move to make room for him. But if they don't add him, he's getting taken. Like there's no, there's no doubt in my mind. He's getting taken. I feel more confident that he would get taken if he doesn't get added to the roster than I do feeling that he's going to be out of the roster, but we shall see what a, Great season by him. He went from throwing a guy. When, I remember when Cleveland got him, he was throwing like 88 to 90, would maybe sometimes hit 92, 93. Now he's 92, 94, and, and the changeup's still great. The curveball has is, is gotten better. He's got a little slider now, and he had a month where he didn't have any, uh, didn't allow a run. The walks improved, everything across the board. It's just health now for him. He's super young. Like, I think that's the other thing that he was, like, I think the youngest player in this draft class. So he won't even be 20. This is his second time being rule five eligible and he won't be 23 until December. Like that's unheard of. So I, I am hoping they add him. I thought for sure they'd lose him last year. They didn't. I am, I am really hoping they add him. I'm going to be sad if they don't, Uh, I'll just put that out there. And then George Valera, uh, the outfielder comes in, uh, the other outfielders, uh, Eli Dunham and uh, Parker Meadows with uh, Detroit. Uh, Valera is the, let's see, he is, I believe, the, the, let's see, the fourth highest prospect on this team. Uh, we, we've talked about Valera a lot. You know, I, he is a great prospect. He has a lot of ceiling. I just want to caution anyone who feels like he's, superstar city and there's not stopping him. I just, I get very nervous when it comes to hitters and people having this expectation uh, with anyone, uh, but he is a fantastic prospect. It gives him a chance to have a middle of the order bat. Yeah. I, I don't think for sure he is going to be a superstar. I think he's going to be a guy who should be an everyday player. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens with some platoon issues. I don't know. I think there's something to be worried about there. But yeah, 25 home run power, a decent outfielder, uh, didn't run at all this year. Uh, exciting player, you know, takes walks. Sometimes he's a little too passive. Instead of, you know, being patient, he's passive. Um, but also a very exciting player. I mean, a guy that, you know, when he hits home runs, he gets excited, he gets his team riled up. That's fun. Um, a safe, a safe bet to be like a 25 home run guy with good pay, good plate discipline. And, um, we'll probably strike out more than you'd like, but, uh, pretty good. And, and honestly, I don't think he had that great of a year. Like he was only 21 in double a. So maybe you should say for a 21 in double a, he had a great year, which, you know, that's fair, but, um, we'll see does the major league level. I guess I definitely expected more. We'll see what happens next season. But, uh, a good season for a guy who was 21 at double A. Well, there was my interruption. I think that might've been the first one. Uh, we start a little counter since that's apparently become the most offensive thing we've I've ever done on this podcast. Um, <laughs> but his stats in double A at the age of 21, uh, very, very much mere Clint Frazier's now Jackson Frazier. Uh, just as a counterpoint to go out there. Like, I mean, I, 
<laughs> I saw the eyebrows. I did that tweet mid-year, and it's like there's similarities in also the descriptive of those profiles. Uh, center fielders moving to the corner, good athletic traits, can become a little too passive, can sometimes be a little too aggressive. Um, questions about the ability to hit the ball long, low in the zone and platoon questions. So if you want to look at the possible negative side, which people sometimes say I am too negative, that's there. I think he is not going to do that. Though. I, I have a little more faith in the ceiling, but I, mean, I don't know. I love, I love Frazier at the time. Like I, I also have to be perfectly honest. Like it was a gut punch when he was traded. I really believed in him and I know it hasn't worked out, but Hey, I get quite a few wrong. Uh, everyone does, but uh, yeah, I think it's fun to have and more than anything else. It's nice that like, Hey, you know what? If he doesn't work, you still have Will Brennan. And by the time Valera doesn't work, you'll have like PD Halpin to try. You'll have like, by the time you get through those opportunities with these guys, they just, it's such a conveyor system. Like it's like, it, it, this isn't like three, four years ago when there's nobody behind anyone. And it's like, okay, we're going to now run out Domingo Santana because we don't have any internal options. Internal options are overflowing. Yep. It's good. It's a good problem to have for sure. And, no guarantee any of these guys, you know, end up being what we think they're going to be. I mean, I, I got Clint Frazier wrong too. I was very confident he was going to be an all-star and I thought the trade was worth it. It just, you know, it had, it hurt and all, all good trades hurt. Right. So, um, but yeah, there's no guarantee any of these guys pan out, but at least you have guys that you feel good about running out there. Like you said, instead of Domingo Santana, instead of uh, the line out to shields and Milky Cabrera. I, I didn't hate Melky Cabrera. He was solid, but I mean, yeah, I get your point. That's what I'm saying. Like Abraham Almonte, but he's still bouncing around. Somehow, yeah. Um, and yeah, he's, he's 21 at double A. So, you know, we'll see if he makes some gains a little bit. Uh, one more thing on Joey Cancelo, too, I want to go back to. I tweeted this, I think, back in like October. So I was doing some research for some award writing, and um, he was the youngest, second youngest or youngest pitcher. Let's go back and find the tweet. But, um, he was either the either the youngest or the second youngest pitcher in the system to throw at least fifty innings, and um, he had the lowest ERA out of almost anyone in the system that threw fifty innings as well. And um, I don't think he I think he faced like eighteen batters all year that were younger than him in Double A, and they all um, did very well against him, which tells you when you're a young player in Double A, you're there for a reason. So. Um, but just a very, you know, fantastic season for him. And it just boggles my mind how young he is. Like you said, he, he's 22. It's the second time being real five eligible. He is just, he really is a young player and it's, it's impressive how good he was for the time he's missed. You know, he missed all 2021 basically because of the, um, the, what was it? Abdominal injury, I think. Sounds Um, right to me. Yeah, just come back this year to be as good as he was and how young he still truly is. It's very special. Agreed. Uh, I want to take a moment and remind you to go subscribe on YouTube, download daily, do all that stuff. Uh, I also want to say we are going to talk center field tomorrow. And before you go, oh, Miles, remember, this is a super deep team in center field. It is going to be a lot of fun to hear us really dig into things. Uh, in terms of YouTube, we are at 850, so just 150 away. Let's keep adding, and we'll end it how we always do. 
Go, go, Guardians, go.